need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Okay, welcome back to the China Business Cast. Today we're going to have an impromptu session with Simon and myself, and we're going to be talking about well, what has been going on in China, how is it affecting the world, and also how are we experiencing it from within China uh, ourselves. So welcome, Simon. Good to have you uh, today with us. Yeah, thank you. Good to have you today as well. Yeah, so let's start a little bit with um, just our personal stories and feelings. We're, we're talking about uh, the virus, of course, officially uh, known as uh, COVID-19. You're in Shanghai right now, right? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Shanghai. Yeah, uh, during Chinese New Year, I was in the uh, hometown of my wife. And where yeah, is that? that already, that's in uh, Jiangxi province. Uh, the oh. city is called Shangrao, but uh, I think it's the uh, second or third largest city in the in the province. But most people don't know these, this city. Uh, everyone knows Nanchang as, a, as the main city in Jiangxi. Sure. It's about a six-hour drive normally from, from Shanghai to there. Or you, the train is about two and a half hours. You guys took the, the train or you drove uh, drove there? Well, actually, um, we split up because my kids had school holiday that started earlier than their work holiday. So oh, they went earlier before me. I followed by train and then joined uh, there. And yeah, we this was just this was about five days before Chinese New Year or about one week before Chinese New Year actually happened. So... We were also a little bit moving around before the whole hectic started. And then uh, we were in the hometown staying with my brother-in-law and working a little bit from there. And we wanted to, of course, celebrate Chinese New Year there. But we had some issues uh, at home. My Both my kids got a fever during that period. Oh, wow. um, Not related to the virus, but just the flu. But we had to go to the hospital uh, about two days, three days before Chinese New Year. So we went to the hospital and then, of course, we the virus started slowly picking up at that time. I think it wasn't official like a national disaster or like a really emergency situation, but it was known that it was there. When so you when, parents were very, very worried. When you went to the went to the hospital for the for the fever of your kids, was you were you already aware of the virus at that point or was it not really? It was like there was for me, there was like a tilting point or like a specific point like when I got aware of the virus, basically, with, with the rest yeah, of the so world and the rest of China, I guess. But The Chinese New Year was around 24th of uh, January. We went yeah. to the hospital on, on 22nd and 23rd, even on 24th. So uh, I think it really hit the alarm bells on January 26th. Then it became really uh, well-known and start, people started locking down places and staying in home. Um, we actually still had New Year's dinner with family on Friday evening, the 24th. But the 25th, we decided to cancel everything related to family visits, related to anything um, that will involve other people <laughs> outside of your home. So, yeah, luckily we went uh, to the hospital before the period. My kids both recovered, because, but their fever was quite high, so we were very worried. Also to leave the city, because we noticed as well that slowly people started checking people on the street on compounds, in transportation, measuring the temperature and everything like that. So 
we also were worried, okay, if this is going to stay like this, we might also be stuck here because we don't, we, we cannot go anywhere. And actually that turned out to be true. We decided to drive back uh, around uh, 28th to uh, Shanghai. We decided to go driving because uh, we want to avoid the people, the crowds in the train, but it turned sure. out that most of the trains were empty anyway. So <laughs> there was not so much crowd. And the highways were just empty. It was really surprising. We only had one time that we had to stop in a queue. And that was when they start measuring everyone's temperatures, everyone's forehead. And um, we had to, we were pulled aside actually, because my wife was sitting in the back and she was so hot <laughs> that they, her temperature, her body temperature was also too high. So we had to go to the side and they actually checked our passports, IDs and everything before we could continue our trip again. So it, it was already, uh, yeah, quite uh, intense, uh, the trip itself. And, Luckily, we made it to uh, to Shanghai, and from then on, we basically stayed home. Uh, we hardly left the house, only for urgent things. There's not so much. There are some cases known nearby my house, um, but uh, for the last three weeks, everything was quite quiet on the streets. Since this week, things are slowly picking up again. Uh, most global companies decided to work from home uh, still. Uh, but from this week, you see more and more people also picking, uh, working from office, especially in the service industry. But then again, these people uh, have centralized heating systems in their office buildings, and they're turned off because of the possibility of spreading the virus by air movement. So it's uh, uh, very cold for most people as well. Uh, br bring an extra yeah. jacket. <laughs> exactly. I had to jacket everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a little bit of mine. I think it was a little bit less intense than than yours. <laughs> you uh, share a little bit how what what happened to yours? It actually, it's kind of kind of similar. So I got aware of the virus. I guess I was in the Netherlands um, from Christmas, um, so I was visiting family there, um, and we flew back on twenty two January, and. Two days before we got aware of it, so I guess around the 20th, and then we, well, I went raiding pharmacies in the Netherlands looking for a face mask because I was hearing reports from China that everything is like bought up and sold out and you can't get any, any masks, any, any hand sanitizers. So we, we tried to stock up on that and um, I think that was a good move because I still have quite a, quite a bit of masks. So for the audience, I didn't buy every single mask in the Netherlands, but I, I, I think I bought about 100 masks because I didn't know how long it was going to take. And obviously, we were a little bit nervous of flying back to China. And But by that time, it wasn't really known, as you, as you mentioned, how serious the situation was and things were not on lockdown yet. So we, we like, oh, we got to move on with our lives, right? We, it's just a virus. It's a flu. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. Um, so we, we yeah. flew, flew back to, to China on the 22nd and our plan all along was to again for Chinese uh, New Year visit the family-in-law and it was in a different province um, so we flew back from the Netherlands to to Chengdu and we had a flight scheduled on the 23rd um, to um, Guilin in Guangxi province we decided to cancel that flight and go by car so we um, we missed basically Chinese New Year dinner because we felt more comfortable driving the car um, to um, to the hometown, basically of the of my wife. And did um, you feel more comfortable? <laughs> uh, in the, in the end, no, uh, not at all. Um, 
during the trip, it, it's a it's about 1,200, 1,400 kilometers. I'm not exactly sure. So it's it's a long trip. Uh, it's a two day trip. But I've been to Guizhou province a few times, and I've always had horrible weather there. We we've been traveling back to back, and this time it took us three days of driving uh, because in Guizhou we had like 25, 30 centimeters of snow on the highway for I don't know several hundred kilometers. Um, which made it tediously slow as a single track on the highway. There's snow everywhere except two lines where the cars are driving 30, 40 kilometers an hour. And during the trip, I got a little bit of a fever or t- higher temperature as well. I wasn't feeling too too great. Um, there were checkpoints everywhere. Um, if you're, every time you get off the highway, because we had to stay two nights in a hotel, so you go to a random town then there's checkpoints and getting in a hotel and then it was very stressful. So I think just all the traveling and all the stress lowered my immune system and, and uh, got a little bit of a, not a really a fever, but just a higher temperature and I wasn't feeling super great, which making you more nervous as well because who knows what it is. But I just literally have been from outside of China, coming to China, basically not meeting anyone, getting in a car so that we're isolated only getting gas at a gas station and not meeting anyone. So how could it be, right? But yeah. still, all the things, um, I, I think a lot of impact, and that's what we're seeing as well, is not just the restrictions that are, people are being placed on, but just the mental effect on, on being basically locked in, in places, right? Um, that does quite a bit with, uh, with a lot of people, I think. It's um, not just the inconvenience from not being able to go outside or going to work, but also the the mental uh, aspect, which um, is kind of a little bit of have an aftermath where people are going to be very relieved when things are starting to get back to normal, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you're, you're now still in Malaysia, right? Yes, I'm in Malaysia. So we, we, we got to the uh, hometown after three days of driving. We stayed there for two weeks and we originally had a plan to to go to Malaysia, which I already canceled because of the virus. And then again, it got like a little bit too serious or a little bit too hot under my feet. So then I, again, decided to go on the trip. So we, we bought another ticket uh, to Malaysia. And when we went to the airport, after we checked in, we got our boarding passes, everything's fine. And then some lady suddenly chased us down after 10 minutes after we got the boarding pass and saying that our return flight was canceled to Malaysia from Guilin. Oh, wow. um, the consequence of that is... Uh, she didn't want to lay, let us get on the airplane because if we would land in Malaysia with the visa that my wife and my daughter had, we would not be able to enter the country because uh, a return flight is a requirement for that. So they basically tried to get us off the airplane, but uh, we were already there. Going back was was an option, but I didn't really. I, I wanted to get out and feel a little bit freedom because we've been locked up as well for two weeks by that point, uh, pretty much. So we were going stir crazy. So we, we risked it to get on the airplane and the, the immigration was just fine. Um, we, uh, because the flight wasn't officially canceled, the lady told us, but I didn't get an information from, from the airline um, officially. So we got into Malaysia fine and that's where we still are now. Um, and in two days, we're going back to China. I found another flight. I'm supposed to fly back to Guilin, but I can't. The only flights to Guilin from Malaysia are going over Shanghai or Xi'an with a 20-hour layover, which is under the current situation not really what's something I want to do. 
which is like five hours flying more and, and a big layover. So we're, we're, we're going to Nanning uh, and then taking a train for two and a half hours. And then, uh, then I can go back to the airport because my car is still parked there. <laughs> and then I can make it home uh, or to the hotel. They have to drive for two days. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Then it's just a, a drive for maybe two hours, one and a half hours. So that's not too uh, bad. Okay. Right. But I, I still need to go back to Chengdu at some point. That's another two days or three days driving. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. What, I, I actually, I haven't been home for two months now. I, I don't know when, <laughs> I can, when I can go really go home. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's, been a, it's been an interesting uh, and a little bit nervous uh, beginning of the, the, the year. How's the situation in Malaysia? Is, do you notice anything there? Um, uh, right now I'm in uh, Penang, um, so in Georgetown. Oh, yeah. Some of the Chinese are wearing face masks, but I feel there's not really, you see them actually not very much um, compared to, to China where like, Hundred percent or ninety nine percent, right? Um, yeah, you basically are looked upon if you're not wearing it. Yeah, no. <laughs> here, here it's the other way around. It's um, there is some awareness, but there's very little. Even on the airport, we just walked through everything. Uh, I didn't really see we our temperatures were not taken. Um, we, we've been in no contact with anyone basically, but. Technically, we could have the virus because we've been in an airplane and the airplane was completely empty. There were like 20% people in the airplane. It was mostly empty. So everyone was sitting far apart from each other. And I, and I expect the airplane going back to China to be also really empty. And I think that's the reason why a lot of airlines cancel flights because there's like dozens of airliners that have canceled flights, right? I think it's mo- yeah. mo- mostly economic reasons why they're canceling flights. There's just no one wanting to go to China or vice versa. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, th- I think it's uh, both. It's economic, but also just uh, you don't want to be the one that is tra- that's, that's transporting someone that might have an illness or the virus with them. Sure, so it, it, it's, a lot it's of both countries reasons. are closing closing borders, but also the airlines itself have a responsibility. Uh, you look at the. The, uh, what is the cruise ship that is uh, people on lockdown for several weeks and uh, the virus is spreading among the passengers on their cruise, which is crazy. So, yeah. So my, my story has been quite interesting, but I'm, I'm very happy to not be on a cruise ship. Um, that must, uh, <laughs> must be a much more tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about the flights. That definitely has an impact on the business, uh, I would say, uh, for with the China business. What we see is actually that air freight is limited. Like you say, a lot of airlines have canceled most of their flights. Yeah. Um, but uh, that means that there's a lot of shortage. And for us, we're doing a lot of trading. So we're moving around goods. The prices have gone up four or five times than what is normal. So it's uh, if you already have booked things in advance, then still you're confronted with Sorry, the flight doesn't go. We only have this option. You still want to do it? <laughs> and, and, and if you don't deliver, then you might end up getting a fine because you also have a contract agreement that you have to deliver at a certain time. Every delay will be penalized with X, Y, Z. Do you have a, a, like a clause, like an exception under an epidemic exception for, to your contracts or are you going to add one? <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, but it's... Uh, yeah, it, 
some some disagree that this is uh, <laughs> this is an uh, but anyway um but it is the prices itself is 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 crazy and uh the impact uh for, for on that side of the business but my impact on the business is only a very small part of what it has on on, on china itself and all the lives that have been taken by this by this virus and and the people that are fighting uh, to actually uh get people cured uh, so i'm just a very small part of uh, and not mentionable i would say yeah how is the business impact for you because uh fairs are, and events are canceled february march april i think content fair is also temporarily canceled for now yeah so i'm, I'm not really into the events but um for our domestic business um, we are a digital agency in in china business has severely impacted um in in certain ways uh, lots of contracts have been on hold clients are not paying um just because they they are not getting their own revenue or their, uh, their own income stream as well some of the clients they can't get access to their own offices we are still locked out of our own offices as well so our whole company is uh moving uh remotely uh which is quite a bit uh, of a transition and a lot of deals that have been in the works are are post postponed or um indefinitely canceled so um a lot of that work um is being affected so and i assume that is that is for a large part of of companies in china not only in the service industry but also in uh like you said in uh products and goods and uh the industrial part yeah well, for us the payments as well people have to go to the bank and some are still working from home or they don't have the right person to sign off on the things to be able to arrange the payment so exactly. there's still uh, um yeah still a lot of documents you'll need to, a signature or a, sta- a chop from someone that's responsible so it is definitely a delay and i see now also a lot of international companies struggling with the supply chain because they're using just in time management they have certain parts coming from china that are not coming now so therefore our whole production is being delayed uh, to move on so on that side has a big impact i would also say government wise people regarding the the, the trade war with the us us government will not come to china right for negotiations at this stage a lot of uh, business deals and also negotiations on in all the industries will not take place because people are not traveling i would say at least till march april uh, they will probably from may things will start picking up slowly again when it comes to more international events i would say yeah i i agree with uh with that depending on how long the the situation lasts um from what i hear i haven't been back to chengdu where i live for i don't know for two months now almost uh but things are starting slowly to get better there again so there's more traffic more people are traveling to work more um but still a lot of businesses are uh are closed um so depending on how long it takes definitely several months after the worst has been over i see global supply chains are uh recovering and business deals are being being made yeah because the china business cash for that so for the business if you think about it one week delay that one week is two percent of your national production so we're talking about already three weeks delay on production for most of the factories so that's going to be a big hit on the chinese economy but probably also the global economy yeah and and that is under the the virus situation 
And then before we had, well, most factories, I would say almost two weeks of um, Chinese New Year. So that's already 10% basically of the year that has gone by in terms of production, right? Yeah. But there are also a lot of positive notes, I would say. Do you see any positive notes? Um, well, it, it's, it's, a, it's a dark situation right now, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, and uh, that's maybe a little bit harsh to say with, with so many deaths through this virus, but I think China will come out as a, as a stronger, stronger country and stronger people. They, they will learn from the situation again, um, and they will be able to deal with these situations better. Um, and another thing, I'm sort of happy it happened in China because if another country would have to deal with it, the things we're talking about there are, can you imagine uh, maybe in Europe or in America where they would just lock down the country for a month? That would have instant riots and, and the whole thing would go to maybe a shitstorm. So there's not many countries that could do these very drastic drastic measurements to try to control it and, and they probably started too late with the measurements and they uh that's a, that's a china kind of thing as well but we don't have to get political here but once they got serious i think they got really serious and it's just a lot of fear i think there's more fear just about fear than actually fear for the for the virus yeah what, what i see is also it really unifies china as well as a country because everyone is has the one cause fight the virus and everyone is trying to contribute uh, when I look at international business a lot of Chinese are approaching us do you have any supplies do you have can you get any goods uh, they're doing that on a voluntarily base they feel very proud and they're of their country they're trying to contribute from wherever they are and I think that's also very powerful to see how strong people are to uh, step up and, and, and do their and do their part. And you see that also with all the heroes that are going into hospitals, coming from everywhere just to, to play their part and, and contribute to to actually fight the virus. And yeah, from, from a business side, you see very creative models coming up like online education because my kid's school is closed till May, most likely. So yeah, he's at home and they're trying to also educate him with some online schooling. So digital side, there's a lot of development, online shopping, um, the delivery. I heard that Alibaba is using restaurant workers that now all the restaurants are empty. So the restaurants have workers, but they cannot pay them. So to actually use these workers and hire these workers for food packaging and for delivery. So there's a lot of creativity happening as well to yeah keep the economy going and, and keep people employed and, and make sure that um, things are still somehow moving on yeah no for sure I, i've seen many uh creative um creative solutions to to the new problems uh, package deliveries in the back of car trunks so there's no physical contact between the delivery guy and the receiver um same in in restaurants where there's like a, a slide they they put down the food that has been uh, made ready and it slides down a slide and then and um then it's picked up a, a meter down from the stairs uh, lots of creative things um, and um, every situation creates new opportunities some opportunities go away or they're temporarily halted and other opportunities um, are, are opening up or becoming available due to it so as an example of that um, we already as a as a company we have created a, a vegetable ordering platform 
Um, it was already running decently, but obviously in Chengdu, this is delivery of a um, vegetable wholesaler to compounds, so to building complexes. Um, and we're running over 15,000 orders a day now. And before that was way less, but due to the situation, there's a, an increased need for this uh, because people are not going out, right? So they, they still need food. People are cooking much more um, at home. So everything, there's always an opportunity somewhere um, um, to be found. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So any other, any other thoughts? Thoughts? Uh, well, I, I think this will, um, I see that, that a lot of offices in, uh, are opening, factories are opening mostly in March. They definitely will have sort of struggle to have everyone back to work because a lot of the people that are also in lockdown um, the rule from the most of the local government is that most people have to stay home for two weeks after they, if they have left the city, in our case, at least in Shanghai. So these two weeks have passed. So, so I think things will, will pick up from a business uh, side. But uh, the impact I expect also globally is to see, because things have been delayed, you will slowly see the impact in Europe, in US, and other parts in the world because things are delayed. And then that means lack of supply, less goods, maybe higher prices. So I think I expect also that there will be some uh, noticeable impact during end of February, March um, on, on, the, on the consumer side, in, uh, in the business side, in uh, all over the world. Yeah. So after effect. Yeah, that's like a shock wave or an after wave of the, of the current situation. Uh, slowly rippling out across the world, um, but yeah, that's one of the the effects of being so interconnected worldwide, right? Everything is just in time, and then if the just in time gets disrupted, then it's just too late, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, well, I think businesses are, is like you said is slowly picking up again, but it's it's quite slow. Um, and it's going to take a while before um, things really get back to, to normal speed, to 100% production. Um, personally, I think if the situation gets under control in the next few weeks, uh, we'll, we'll slowly start getting back um, on track in a, in a few months' time. Um, if it's going to take much longer, then it could have quite a long effect, I, uh, I feel. So uh, we're all hoping that that doesn't take too long. Yeah, the first six months will, for this year will be very tough for most companies, small, medium-sized, most likely, to survive in the China market because they have a payroll to consider that they cannot, and no revenue or limited revenue. For sure, it's going to be very tough for a lot of Chinese businesses and uh, maybe even some businesses outside of China that are really connected to China. Um, and not all of them are gonna gonna make it, uh, unfortunately, uh, most likely. But maybe it's part of evolution as well, right? So uh, I heard some stories about some businesses only having a few months of enough cash to to run their business. Um, maybe that's a choice of how they run their business, or maybe the bus in the business isn't super viable long term anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that pans out, but it's going to be a tough year for, for everyone, including for, for my own business as well. And maybe even for your business. Yeah. 
Then I'm also curious to see what the government will do on that, because I heard also that some governments are also compensating companies with their payroll to be able to keep them alive, especially if, if they have a lot of employment under their company. So there's also still other powers and other forces that we still have to consider before writing off a company. Um, yeah, yeah and, and uh, of course, uh, but some of the companies that are going to go under, they just don't have the connections to, or they're not big enough, or they're not interesting enough to the people in control over those kind of funds to to distribute them um, as support measures. I don't see them going to be 100% equally applicable to every situation. So uh, that that I see just as, as the part of how China China runs and how China business is. Um, but yeah, so but there is talk of a support measures and, and hopefully it gets applied equally, but I'm, I have a little bit of question mark if that's going to be the case always. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I yeah. hope you get a very safe trip back to, uh, to China. <laughs> I hope everything goes well. Yeah. That's going to uh, be interesting. That, hope we can see. Hope there that we have shared a little bit some of the context uh, for people to understand the situation better in China and uh, how they maybe can prepare themselves. Yeah, so maybe as a as a little conclusion, as a wrap up, as as the podcast is the China Business Cast. So, what if you're a foreign business um, already working with China or wanting to work with China? What uh, what would you give them for advice right now of concrete steps? How can they could prepare for when things get better again? So during these times, it's, it's uh, uh, times where you can actually connect with people by showing interest, by, by actually trying to look for things they need or be supportive with the messages, the understanding. Uh, I think uh, during hard times, you build a relationship. And that also goes for, for China. And these relationships last longer than, than the, the few months that the virus is happening. So I see that as a benefit from the relation point of view where you have just stronger possibilities in the future. Um, if you cannot visit them or visit each other or see each other, you can still use video, WeChat, to show that you care with, um, so the technology is there and everyone understands it. I've talked to everyone here, and also in China, most of my meetings are video calls and uh, because everyone working from home. So it's really no, well accepted all across the board, not when you look at international business. Uh, show understanding, show consideration, and show support. I think that will be the biggest impact that you can have for your business to, to grow uh, later this year. I think that's, a, that's an excellent advice. Build, build relationships now and, and um, in the tough times, if you be able to build relationships, then you will be able to reap the, the rewards when things get a little bit uh, more normal or a little bit easier, for sure. All right, um, let's wrap up the, the episode for today. Um, we'd love to hear the stories of our listeners, what, what they experience, um, what have their feelings been um, on the, this whole situation, being in China or being outside of China and having to deal with China. Um, let us know. Um, we have the, the WeChat group. Uh, you can connect with, with me or Simon to get added uh, to the China Business Grass uh, WeChat group. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn and all the other profiles as well. So let us know how, how your experience has been. Um, and for now, um, I wish everyone to stay safe and uh, hopefully things return to normal uh, really soon. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you.
Okay, stay safe, everyone. That's it for this episode. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.